0: Are you bettering your best? Are you doing more? Are you doing more of what counts to really move the needle forward? The Thinking Yourself into Exponential Results series on the podcast comes to you every Saturday morning and takes what we discuss in the Morning Mindset Club, compiles it into one easy to access recording and gives you some killer bonus content at the end that's not to be missed and only available here. So let's dive right in. Okay, we need to talk about temporary defeat just a little bit more because guess what? It's part of life. It's part of doing business. You will always hit snags, curveballs will come your way, curves in the road, bumps in the road, mountains in front of you that you need to climb. Are you going to move mountains Are you going to be someone who actually moves mountains? Because you can learn to be someone who moves mountains. You can learn to do the impossible. But guess what? It requires that you be persistent and that you do not get waylaid by temporary defeat. Hill says no man is ever whipped until he quits in his own mind. Are you quitting in your own mind? Do not let that happen. A quitter never wins and a winner never quits. Another quote. We see men who have accumulated great fortunes, but we often recognize only the triumph overlooking the temporary defeats which they had to surmount before quote-unquote arriving i would star that one i would remember that one you're looking at the after picture you're not looking at the days of blood sweat and tears of dark nights of the soul of crying yourself to sleep of frustration of challenges and you've got to be willing to move through those and come out stronger on the other side In order to achieve your success, you will not achieve your success without facing temporary defeat. It is an absolute. Nobody has. Nobody has reached great success without also hitting temporary defeats. Who are you going to be in the face of that? Are you going to quit? Are you going to be a winner? You know what I'm rooting for now this is not to say suppress your feelings this is not to say don't have feelings this is to say what are you going to do with those feelings what are you going to make it mean how are you going to handle yourself how long are you going to give yourself to get it out of your system to emote to be frustrated to cry when are you getting back on that proverbial horse how quickly can you do that without suppressing things Hill goes on to say, no follower of this philosophy can reasonably expect to accumulate a fortune without experiencing temporary defeat. When defeat comes, accept it as a signal that your plans are not sound. Rebuild those plans and set sail once more toward your coveted goal. If you give up before your goal has been reached, you are a quitter. A quitter never wins and a winner never quits. And here's the thing. He's just giving you one of the little keys to success. When defeat comes, accept it as a signal that your plans are not sound and rebuild those plans. What do most people do? They accept it as a sign that they're wrong, that they're not good enough, that they're not fit to be going after this goal or able to achieve it or any of that. They start layering on meaning about themselves as a sneaky, insidious way of convincing themselves to stop. If you want to be unstoppable, if you hit a snag that has you really challenged, instead of going down the rabbit hole of making it mean that something is wrong with you, why don't you just say, huh, something must be wrong with my plan." what am i not doing what am i doing too much of what do i need to be doing differently do i have things in the right order have i asked the right people for their input do i have the right people on my support team what do i need to do differently take it out of the personal it is personal of course but take it out of a value statement about yourself and instead just reevaluate your plan what can you do differently How can you improve things? Let's get started on this next section in the chapter on organized planning. Here Hill is talking about two types of people in this world, leaders and followers. He says, broadly speaking, there are two types of people in the world. One type is known as leaders and the other as followers. Decide at the outset, whether you intend to become a leader in your chosen calling or remain a follower. The difference in compensation is vast. The follower cannot reasonably expect the compensation to which a leader is entitled, although many followers make the mistake of expecting such pay. It is no disgrace to be a follower. On the other hand, it is no credit to remain a follower. Most great leaders began in the capacity of followers. They became great leaders because they were intelligent Followers. With few exceptions, the man who cannot follow a leader intelligently cannot become an efficient leader. The man who can follow a leader most efficiently is usually the man who develops into leadership most rapidly. An intelligent follower has many advantages, among them the opportunity to acquire knowledge from his leader. Okay, lots to discuss here, and then he's going to uh, be talking about the attributes of leadership, so that's coming up. Just a little um, uh, preview there. I want to talk about leading and following within an organization. Even as a leader, there is a time where you follow. We just had a conversation about working with your mastermind, and you know, one mastermind is a group outside of your your organization that is a group of like-minded individuals, like a group of entrepreneurs, but another mastermind is your own leadership team within an organization. Now in that role, they are leaders to who follows them and they are followers of you being the CEO or founder or principal or whatever your title might be. And when you pull together your leadership team into a mastermind, and you bring a plan to them and you ask them, what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? You are now both leading and following. You're deferring in a way. And it's worthwhile to recognize where and when as a leader, you need to defer. There are times in my business where I'm not the expert in a particular area, but I've hired an expert in that area And they lead me. They say, no, this is what we're doing. This is how we'll do it. This is what it looks like. Go do this. And for the most part, I say yes, because they're the expert. There are times where I'll evaluate it through a slightly different lens, might make some minor adjustments. But for the most part, I let them run with it because they are the experts and I've hired experts. Now, I'm not setting them up for failure and abdicating responsibility, but I am letting them lead within that position and this brings up another important point he says here the difference in compensation between leaders and followers is great but there are many examples of number twos number threes number fours number fives in organizations who have become multi multi millionaire billionaires Balmer in Microsoft he's not Bill Gates but boy did he do well for himself. Charles Schwab, he wasn't Andrew Carnegie, but boy did he do well for himself. So there are people who are not the top people in organizations who still do extraordinarily well financially, they love being leaders, they love being entrepreneurs within an organization. They don't do great as the top person, they do great as the second in command. Or the third or the fourth or the fifth is that you if that's you do not make yourself feel bad go find an organization that's either on the rise or already risen someone a leader that you can follow that you feel like is skyrocketing and go work for them help them build a great company and you will be compensated extraordinarily well Okay, next up in this chapter on organized planning, we are going to go through the major attributes of leadership. Now, this is important because you will either be leading a team or a large organization, but other people, or you will be leading yourself. You need to be the leader of your own life. So you're going to want to listen to these descriptions of the attributes of great leadership and ask yourself, Both the question of, am I showing up in this way for my team, for others? And am I showing up this way for myself? And the level of honesty that you bring to your personal assessment here will determine how much growth you will experience. If you say that you're all good, all that and more already, and you don't acknowledge where you could improve you will never improve. So don't just flip your hair back and say, I got that. Okay. Number one, unwavering courage based upon knowledge of self and one's occupation. He goes on to say, no follower wishes to be dominated by a leader who lacks self-confidence and courage. No intelligent follower will be dominated by such a leader very long. You guys have all experienced that. Someone who is high on their own position or control but really doesn't know what the blankety blank they're doing very hard to follow them they might have the title but they have to push really hard to get you to follow them and enforce that title and that dominance versus just leading with self-confidence and courage so you must ask yourself do you have unwavering courage based upon knowledge of self knowledge of self and one's occupation. So do you know your stuff? Now, in business, you might know your stuff like you might be, let's say, a massage therapist. You know how to to massage very well. You're a great therapist, but you have no idea how to start a business or run a business. Or you're a great photographer, but you don't know how to start a business or run a business. Or you're a great lawyer, but you don't know how to run a business or start a business. So do you have the knowledge of your own occupation, which is twofold. One, the thing that you need to do to execute on, but also running a business. And then self-knowledge, guys, so hugely important. For today, how well do you know yourself? This is a particularly important one for me because fundamentally In addition to mapping out excellent plans for my clients to help them succeed, I look at where they have giant blind spots in their thinking, their personal understanding of themselves and their belief structure and their self-image. And I look at the value conflicts, the identity issues within the self and clear those up. And when those get cleared up, then they can execute on these plans so quickly. It's amazing what happens. People start making money hand over fist. I just had someone recently come to a intensive and within the first week, go from zero cash flow to making $43,000, which for her was a, a banner week. So how much knowledge do you have of yourself and of your occupation? What is the grade that you would give yourself? Scale of one to 10, ABC, whatever scale you want to use. Okay, we're going to continue the rest of this list of attributes of leadership in the coming episodes, so I'll catch you there. We're going to take a quick pause in the teaching to tell you about the Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit, a powerful way to scale up and create consistent cash flow in your life and your business. We'll come right back to the teaching in less than a minute, so stick with us. The Unstoppable Woman Income Breakthrough Summit is a three-day virtual event designed to help you break through your subconscious blocks and self-sabotaging behavior that keeps you playing small and not consistently making the money you desire or achieving your big goals and delightful life. This is what I had to do when I made my big quantum leap, going from making 138 to 700k in one year, then crossing the seven-figure mark. It's time for you to do the same thing. Eliminate the confusion, master your mindset, and get the exact methodology required to scale up your business and your life. Go to theunstoppablewoman.com/slash-summit to grab your ticket now before we sell out. I can't wait to help you experience a true income breakthrough as well. I'll see you there. Now, we'll get back to the teaching. Today, we are going through the chapter on organized planning and we are reviewing the major attributes of leadership. Number two on this list is self-control. The man who cannot control himself can never control others. Self-control sets a mighty example for one's followers, which the more intelligent will emulate. Okay, so what kind of control are we looking at here? Obviously, if you're a rageaholic, you need to get that under freaking control. You must control your emotional outbursts. Do you... Do you have anger? Do you have, are you crying at a drop of a hat because your hormones are going crazy? Ask me how I might know that, right? Back in the day, I remember, oh, this was 20 plus years ago, like just bursting into tears at a particular job. And I was completely out of control because my hormones were completely out of control. And I really needed to do something about that. That was a challenging experience right there. So I'm sure many of you have had similar experiences, but are you uh, emotionally out of control and are there ways that you can uh, seek to mitigate that? And there might be some learnings that you have to Uh, work through you might have to understand your your subconscious programming your blind spots what's driving you and free that up so you don't you're not as reactive you can be responsive you might want to go to a therapist you might want to learn cognitive behavior therapy you might need to look at your hormones you might if you're a rageaholic you might need to go to anger management you have to work on bringing yourself into control. And you want to do this in the big areas that I just mentioned, but you also want to do these in little subtle places where you might not be under so much control and might be actually presenting yourself as a poor leader. So a couple of places where I found myself doing this, um, gossiping, completely unacceptable as an employee in another company that was something that just happened automatically but it's toxic and uh, I'm not available for that and so why would you gossip about other people in your organization um, even in an offhand way so a little remark here or there they drop the ball on that or or they're not doing so good there if it's if it's and you'll know the difference if it's said in this dismissive offhand way that's um, meant to kind of let off steam for yourself, but is not truly constructive, don't say it. That's an inappropriate move on your part as a leader. And I have caught myself making little comments like that and realizing, ah, that wasn't smart. That wasn't right. Because The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So if I'm doing that in front of you, that means that I will do it in front of someone else about you. And we all know that intuitively, even if we don't know it consciously. And I want to build trust with my team members. I want to be in trust with my team members. So if I have an issue with the way something is happening, instead of letting off steam with someone else i need to go and solve that problem and so do you so self-control in that area if you're having a bad day keep it in check be a leader okay figure out who you can actually let down your guard with and who you actually need to be leading because people do need leaders and they do not need to see you faltering okay Your team is not your emotional support system. So next up in this chapter on organized planning, Hill's list of major attributes of leadership, we get to number three, a keen sense of justice. Without a sense of fairness and justice, no leader can command and retain the respect of his followers. So true. Number four, definiteness of decision. The man who wavers in his decisions shows that he is not sure of himself and cannot lead others successfully. So this is just one of those really super, super critical pieces without a doubt. Definiteness of decision. Once you make a decision, stick with it Do not be wishy-washy. Do not go all over the place. Yes, of course you can change your mind. Yes, you can course correct. Yes, there's a time and place for this. But if you're making a decision, then the next day changing it, you're going to create confusion in your business. Do not do that. You must be definite in your decisions. Your team will respect you. If you need to course correct, be definite in your decisions your decision to do that as well. There's a way that you can course correct, which is in fact making a new decision without being wishy-washy, okay? There's an energy behind it of definiteness, okay? This is what we're doing. There's confidence. There's self-assurity there. So then he goes on to say, number five, definiteness of plans. The successful leader must plan his work and work his plan, A leader who moves by guesswork without practical definite plans is comparable or comparable to a ship without a rudder. Sooner or later, he will land on the rocks. So he italicizes work his plan. The successful leader might plan his work and work his plan. So you must not just plan because then that just becomes pie in the sky, right? I had some great plans. You must execute on them. So every day, are you working your plan? Are you executing on that? Are you taking the next step? Are you moving the ball along? Or are you just doing busy work? Do not do busy work first. Do the big stuff first. Get the big stuff done. Go move that plan down the line. Jumpstart it. Take action. we are on the list of major attributes of leadership, which is part of the chapter on organized planning. Number six, it's absolutely critical. You're going to want to star this. You're going to want to like, just call it out. You're going to want to read it several times a day for your, to yourself for a while. And it says the habit of doing more than paid for One of the penalties of leadership is the necessity of willingness upon the part of the leader to do more than he requires of his followers. Oh, so juicy. Both of those things are absolutely essential. The habit of doing more than paid for and doing more than what is required of his followers. It's just true. It's absolutely true. You have to take more risks You have to put in more effort. You have to put in more love. You have to put more time, more energy in. If you want the big compensation, it requires that you do more. But most people have this confused. Most people have this do more of the little things. No, you must do more of the big things, the things that grow you, the risk-taking things, the things that challenge you. Yes, you have to do more of the little things too. If something is dropped in my business, the buck stops with me. If I know how to do it, I'm gonna just jump right in and do it. I'm not gonna let something fail, okay? You gotta jump right in. Now, the habit of, being, of doing more than is paid for. Right here is the law of compensation. You must better your best. You must become more than your current place. When you increase your capacity and you become too big for your present place, you will be compensated accordingly. It's one of the laws of the universe. So are you bettering your best? Are you doing more? Are you doing more of what counts to really move the needle forward? Okay, we are in the chapter on organized planning, the major attributes of leadership, number seven, a pleasing personality. No slovenly, careless person can become a successful leader. Leadership calls for respect. Followers will not respect a leader who does not grade high on all of the factors of a pleasing personality. Okay, he specifically says here, no slovenly, careless person can become a successful leader. So what might he be referring to in terms of slovenliness? leanness, oh, that's a hard word for me to pronounce, and carelessness? So that could be in your thinking, that could be in your planning, that could be in your communication, in your emails, in your phone calls, in the way you address people. It could be how you dress, right? Are you careless and disheveled in how you dress or are you put together do you do you exude the the impression of someone who cares about what he or she does or do you exude the impression of someone who does not care about themselves or what they do because here's the thing the way you do one thing is the way you do everything so if you are disorganized in the way you get dressed in the the morning, if you're disorganized in the way you show up at work, if everything is chaos and a mess in your life, then your thinking is a mess as well. And your emotions are a mess as well. And your leadership is a mess as well. You might not want to admit that, but that's the truth. And the more I've cleaned up my environment, the more I've cleaned up my inner game. And the more I clean up my inner game, my emotions, my thinking, the more I clean up my environment. And this is so very, very important. So how are you today going to clean up your inner game? And how are you going to clean up your environment? Maybe spend five or 10 minutes cleaning one or the other one of those up. If you're personal environment is messy and disordered, and you've been putting off doing something about it, spend 10 minutes a day cleaning it up. Just 10 minutes. Everyone's got 10 minutes. Nobody can tell me that they don't have 10 minutes. If you do 10 minutes of putting papers away or organizing or hanging up your clothes or whatever it is, a day, your place will be organized and clean in record time. It will get done pretty seamlessly as well. For the bonus content for this episode of Thinking Yourself into Exponential Success and Wealth, we are going to be talking about hitting temporary defeat. And what does that look like? And what do you do when you get to that place? Fundamentally, temporary defeat comes in two major categories, big events that throw you for a curveball and may even bring you to your knees, like a business failing, going bankrupt, COVID completely stopping your uh, income stream, so a loss of revenue stream. In your personal life, that might be Sickness, a, a health issue, it might be a relationship issue, maybe it's a, a, a big thing with your, your relationship, like a divorce or something like that. There's there's some big event that is throwing you for a curveball. But it also looks like hitting the same wall and pattern over and over and over again. Somewhat on the daily, sometimes on the daily, sometimes on the weekly, you will see yourself hitting these little stops these moments of temporary defeat and and that can either be a habitual way that you're showing up that's that's stopping you that's this this temporary defeat that feels like why do i keep creating that in my life A good example of that would be getting distracted every day, saying you're going to show up and do X, Y, and Z in your business, but you get distracted every single day. You know you don't want to do that, but you're losing focus. Um, It could be procrastination. It could be running late to meetings. It might be little things that throw you off your game, okay? Habitual things. And then there is cyclical patterns, that are driven by who you see yourself to be, your identity, your subconscious programming. And these don't necessarily come out, uh, I mean, they often drive the habitual things as well, but where what I'm looking at here are the cyclical things that happen that you don't see necessarily as a pattern, but they are absolutely a pattern. To give you a good example of this, we can look at, you know, your, your girlfriend who always comes to you uh, dating the wrong guy and coming to you crying about what that turned into. You see this as a pattern. You're like, why does she keep dating the same guy, right? But she doesn't see it. She She's blind to it. Or every time she walks into the new relationship, she's got... Uh, magical thinking going on. It's the same thing in business for yourself. There are things that you keep doing cyclically, cyclically that you don't see necessarily for yourself. And you need an outside lens to go, Hey, look, there you go again. So all of these can be ways that you can be temporarily defeated. So what do you do? What's the answer to that? Well, for one, have some grace, have some compassion for yourself. Really, the 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 resistance, the belligerence, the beating yourself up keeps you from moving forward and moving through the pattern, through the defeat, through the, the temporary failure, and and not. Allowing it to pass. So if you are not giving yourself grace, if you're not giving yourself compassion, please do that first and foremost. But you want to do this not without a calling forward. It's not compassion and it's okay. You can stop. You don't have to change. You don't have to do anything differently. Like mediocrity is okay. What you did is okay. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying, yeah. We're human. We're having a human experience. Let's have some compassion for ourselves. Let's have some grace here. Let's love ourselves despite the temporary defeat that we find ourselves in. Let's take 100% responsibility for it and change the cause so that we can move forward and And better our best, do do more and be more and live out our more life directive. Otherwise, you stay stopped and it actually does become a failure, not temporary defeat. The next thing that you're going to want to look at is expression. It's very hard to fully move on and go forward if you are suppressing your feelings about the situation. So you want to feel them. You you might need to grieve. You might have to have a big cry. You might have to hit a, you know, punching bag. You might have, a, have to have a good conversation with your mentor, or your mastermind group, and really get it out of your system. You don't want to just put on a smiley face. You don't want to just quickly move forward. If it's not been released from your system, and sometimes that requires simply a short reframe about what the, the situation or the experience means, but sometimes you have to, like, have your tantrum, get it out, and then you're done. It's out of your system, so full expression there. Uh, oftentimes, I recommend a forgiveness practice to clear anything that's residual from the experience. That's super, super powerful. And reframing it, like I said, is a really important piece to this. And then movement forward is so key. You must take new action. If you stop there, it does become failure. And that's That's not okay if you want to be unstoppable, if you want what you truly want, if you're really going for more in this life. It doesn't mean that you don't take a pause and work through some of this, but how quickly can you get right back at it? And we want to get right back at it, not in the same way that you were doing it before, because we're working with the law of cause and effect. There wasn't the correct cause. You weren't putting the correct cause into effect because you got a result that you didn't want, so you need to change the cause, but you must take action. So what does that look like? You you have to look at your subconscious programming and uncover the blind spots. That's a big reason why people work with me. Come to the summit, do VIP days, all sorts of ways to really get at that. You you must uncover the program that is running, that is causing you to act and behave in ways that are not what you consciously desire. Then another thing that you have to look at if it's a habitual pattern sometimes you just have to consciously choose to change that pattern and commit to it. This is something that I regularly do and something that I highly suggest you do. We have something called the 30-Day Commitment Challenge. Look for that. It doesn't run all the time, but when it does, it's really awesome and it's a great way of changing your habits. So consciously change how you're showing up in on the daily. And then It does take just picking yourself up by your bootstraps and moving forward, taking the next action, coming up with a new plan, a new strategy, a new way of going forward and doing those little tweaks, doing those little course corrections, yet doing whatever it takes to move that mountain and get past the temporary defeat, past the potential for failure, no excuse attitude. You're going for what you want and you're going to make it happen. So you have to keep going. You must persist. Okay. With that, rock it out, be unstoppable, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us and for being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. This special series is a part of our Morning Mindset Club and comes to you here on the podcast every Saturday morning. If you'd like to join the Morning Mindset Club at no charge, you won't have to wait a whole week and can listen to this series in short daily snippets every morning. Plus, you'll get a quick implementation practice and mastery check-in to go along with it. You can find the Morning Mindset Club info in the show notes below, or just head over to theunstoppablewoman.com slash And as always please share this podcast with two or three women who are ready for exponential growth and exponential wealth. And if you're game, we always appreciate a review on iTunes. That really helps us reach and elevate more women. Thanks so much and be unexplained.